Thank you, brother. Uh, the thoughts that I have on my mind this morning uh, have to do with the idea of, of walking, which I think that's a very you know relatable thing to think about when you just think of the physical act of uh, walking. I'm even... You know, a, a child, one of the biggest things in a parent's life is to see their child when they first begin to walk and when they first begin to take their steps. Uh, so it's a, 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 so a, you know, even a child can understand that concept of physically walking and how important that is in a person's life. Um, and there are two men, uh, specifically in the Bible, it mentions, as that said that they walked with God, uh, Enoch and Noah, in I think Genesis 5 and 6, that these two men uh, walked with God. And it doesn't really expound too much about that. And throughout the Bible, there are different things that the Bible talks about in the concept of, of walking, walking in light, walking in tune with the Holy Spirit. But uh, whenever I actually just kind of looked up the idea of you know just, just walking, if you think of in a physical sense of uh, walking with someone or something, I found these uh, these these four points uh, that I, I believe, if you followed these four points and applied them spiritually, that it uh, would increase our walk with God. And um, the first one, the the first point that whenever you just look up the, you know the definition of what it means to walk with someone physically, the first one it talks about is to accompany or walk in the company of someone. Which I believe you know, that's pretty easy to understand. You know, we we uh, we often you know we like to walk with people. My wife uh, loves to take walks, and she likes whenever, on occasion, whenever I do agree to go walk with her. And um, there's you know there, there's a closeness there whenever you walk with someone that um, you have a relationship with, or that you're intimate with, or have a, you know a special connection with. That's a that, that's a big thing to someone when you walk with someone. Uh, my brother, the first time he really went out with his uh, his now wife, that was the activity that they did. They ran together and they walked, and that's how he got to know her. Was uh, you know just by taking walks with her and learning more about her. And uh, you think about people in the Bible that literally physically walked with God in human form of Jesus Christ, um, and you can apply this spiritually. So uh, the first place I like to go to is the 24th chapter of the book of Luke. Now this is uh, after Christ's resurrection, uh, after he's been crucified and resurrected, but uh, nobody has really really seen him yet. And in uh, the, 14th, the 14th verse, there are these uh, two men who are walking on their way to Emmaus, and Christ appears to them, but they do not know that it is Christ yet. And it says, And they walked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast thou not known things which are come to pass there on these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. 
And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And uh, so they're, they're explaining what happened to Jesus, to Jesus himself, without even realizing it. And uh, in the 25th verse, it says, uh, Jesus said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter in his glory? And it says, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And uh, and they drew nigh unto the village where they went. You know, they were trying to get him to stay with them and to keep going with them. And uh, it came to pass in the 30th verse, as they set to meet with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. In the 32nd verse, it says, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures so here you have uh, men who physically walked with Jesus Christ and there are other examples we could go to but these men physically walked with Christ and uh, spoke with him intimately and he taught them things and you could it's interesting to think about it says their hearts burned within them so you think spiritually we can still feel these exact same things from these men because we have the words of God right here for us to learn from and the words of Jesus Christ. And uh, I can recall, you know, times where I've felt that, you know, Christ has opened something up to me in the Bible I hadn't seen before. And, you know, you, you do kind of feel that it's kind of like burning within you. Like, that, that's incredible. So that's a, I would say that is a very good definition that we could apply spiritually of physically walking with someone. Uh, the second one is uh, to walk carefully. When uh, to walk carefully while carrying something. So in a physical sense, you think whenever you know you're walking with something, you know you have to be careful with it. Like you're carrying like a glass bowl or a, a cup to be very careful. And I think spiritually that is very applicable because there are several places in the Bible where, as we walk, we're told to be cautious to be careful in the eighth chapter of uh, Romans which is a you know a very significant uh, chapter especially with you know every with everything that we believe because it's a, a great chapter that deals with uh, predestination and election and there's a lot of beautiful things in this chapter and uh, there's also a warning in this chapter there's also caution that Paul gives to the Romans in this chapter um, in the very first verse, he says, Now there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not, af not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God seeing his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And uh, and verse said, But ye are not of the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, that be the Spirit of God dwell in you. So this is a very uh, important passage where Paul is giving us you know, hope and uh, <laughs> encouragement. And then down in the 12th verse, he says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye lived after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now we, uh, what I do believe that one of the things Paul is referencing there in verse 13 is that to 
continually to walk into sin after to come to the knowledge of Christ, there is a great warning there and uh, something to be very cautious about. Because I believe uh, to to be without to be without uh, to be without God is death. When God has turned His uh, His face from you, it really is truly death. If you think about uh, you know mighty King Saul, who was a, a child of God, chosen by Him to be king, and he continually uh, disobeyed God, and God eventually turned His face from him, and he greatly suffered for that throughout his life. Uh, he was never the same. Uh, there are many other people we could go to where, whenever they continually directly disobey God there there are consequences for that um now it does not mean that you know you will you know can lose your eternal salvation but there is still a great uh like here really death if you think about it of God turning his face from you in the sixth chapter Romans in the fourth verse he says uh he also you know, talks about this concept. So God forbid, how shall we, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now, it does not mean that you know, we will never sin again, but we should no longer uh, serve sin in our walk. We should uh, no longer feel that we are a slave to it. And that's what Paul is telling, the, telling us in the 8th chapter of Romans, is that we are no longer debtors to sin but really we should feel that we are debtors to christ and to look and to god to serve him and to serve the spirit um in the fifth chapter of john is a a very significant passage where jesus heals the lame man who can't walk and because uh, he says he has, there's no one that can take him to the pool where he can be put into to heal his infirmities and uh, I've heard it. Uh, I've heard this passage spoken on a lot greatly, and I really like how people have been putting emphasis on this. On the one of the first things that Christ tells him after he heals him is in the 14th verse: "Behold, thou art made whole; sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee." Now this this uh, lame man was healed, but Christ did. It, it, gave him a warning there to no longer to no longer serve sin. Now we don't know exactly if it was sin that caused this man to be lame, but we do know that there is a greater there is a greater um, infirmity that can come upon us if we continue to walk into sin after being healed, after coming to that knowledge of Christ and being made whole. And uh that's what Jesus is warning this man of. And it's the same warning I believe that he gives to us in our walk to, uh, to be cautious, to be, uh, to be very careful about the, about the sins if we continue to delve into them or the people we continue to keep company with.
No, I mean, it is impossible to never sin again, like I said, but to willfully fall into sin is, I can believe, it's death. Um, the third point that I'd like to go to is, is the idea of walking, is to use or acquire the aid of something in order to walk. I mean, especially if you think about like a, like a child or a very elderly man or a very elderly person who may require like a, a cane or an instrument in order to walk. And uh, it, it, I believe that is the, the same for us. I believe that Christ uh, gives us things in order to help us with our walk and things for us to lean on uh, to help us in our daily walk with Christ. Um, uh, something I'm immediately reminded to is uh, the armor of God that Paul, gives, Paul uh, tells us of in the sixth chapter of Ephesians. And... Uh, while this armor is to help us in our, you know, defense against Satan, that is also to help us uh, with our walk, our walk with God. I believe those those are uh, those are tools and things to, that will only help us. In the tenth verse of the sixth chapter, it says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So there, uh, Paul has given us the, the armor of God as our defense against uh, the rulers of darkness of this world and against Satan and his wickedness. And I believe he's also giving us this to help us with our walk, to help us as we walk with God. And uh, now I, I, I could not, I don't know if even for time's sake or if I it would even be able to explain uh, in such a short amount of time each piece of that armor of God. But every piece is, is important. But uh, I have spoken on this before, so I'll kind of lean into it again. In the 16th verse, he says, above all, so this is an important piece of the armor of God. He says, the shield of faith. And uh, that shield of faith, I do believe to to mean to be literally Jesus Christ. And I do believe that that is our greatest asset of our armor of God. And the greatest thing that we can lean on here for our walk is Jesus Christ. We have a we have his we have his word to help to help us lean on, and we also can pray to God and speak with Him to help us lean on our faith. In the 23rd Psalm, as a, David refers to the rod and his rod and staff as a way of comfort, and uh, there are many, and I kind of do agree with that. That rod and staff, while also can mean a means of affliction, I think it's also referring to uh, God's word as a way of comfort and strengthening us. So we have uh, Jesus Christ and His word as a means of aiding us in, in our walk to literally lean on to help us. So I'd say that is a, another good definition to think of in the sense of walking with God to help us with our walk. 
And then the uh, the last point, and I <laughs> I do believe this is a really good point. It says to walk with a particular style, characteristic, uh, manner and at manner or attribute. And uh, you know, because certain people, you know, they walk a certain way. You know, you can tell you can tell things about them by the way they walk. And in a spiritual sense, it is the it's the same way. You know, I, uh, and I and I pray that when people see how I walk and see how I behave, that they can uh, see Christ within me. That is my ultimate goal: is for people to see that. Now, I do not. Uh, I don't say that to mean that we should go about and just look at people and be able to, you know, judge them on whether or not we see Christ in them. I don't believe that's what that is saying at all. I I, I believe that the Bible is more for us to reflect on ourselves and our character and you know whether or not people see Christ in us. Uh, now there are several passages that talk about um you know looking for wolves among the sheep or people you know coming to the church to deceive people. But I do not believe that it's uh you know that we should go about judging people on whether or not they are uh you know based on their walk. I don't believe that. Um in first in the book of first John John talks a, a lot in here about walking, uh, walking in the light and uh, walking in Christ. And he says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Now, I do not believe, like I said, that he is saying there that we should go about judging other people based on their walk. I don't believe I don't believe that. But I do believe that he's saying to, you know, kind of self-examine ourselves in our own walk. You know, so I've, I, you know, some, I think it's our human nature sometimes. You know, like if I if I go into Walmart or something, sometimes I get upset about things very easily, and I don't mean to. And uh, I, I might say something that I shouldn't say, and I always think in my mind afterwards, well, like you know, I don't want somebody to have heard that and to think you know wrong of me. And uh, but we are human; we all make mistakes. But uh, I just mean that you know, whenever I, I walk, I want people to hopefully see Christ in me in my actions and how I behave. Um, the fact that we are gathered here together, I say that, I, I think to me that proves that point there. But if we walk in the light of sin in the light, we have fellowship one with another. So the fact that we are gathered here today, I think is a, a great example of a good walk here this morning as we meet and gather here in church. Um, <clears throat> in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, I think it's Ephesians 4, 4, 1. Now I say that the heir, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Oh, no, I'm in the wrong book. I'm in the wrong book. Ephesians 4, 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all lowliness, meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. So there, uh, Paul is, you know, putting it directly on the Ephesians. There, he says, "Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called." 
uh, he's not telling him, you know, just simply to walk, but to walk worthy. You know, walk in a sense of, uh, you know, you <laughs> that you believe to be would be pleasing to God and pleasing to Christ. And uh, <clears throat> he puts that that puts the burden, you know, directly onto us as the children of God to, you know, be mindful of our walk, be mindful of uh, how we act, how we speak, how people perceive us in our walk. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to draw this to a close, but um, like I said, I, I, I do not believe that these four points exactly uh, describe what it means to walk with God. I think there are several other places in the Bible that we could go to that would would also apply. But uh, just by simply, you know, looking up what it means to actually walk with somebody, I think that we've we've looked at four points that I believe, if we apply to our own walk, will do nothing more than just to strengthen it. Uh, to, to think about um, to accompany or walk in the company of something, to physically or spiritually walk with Christ in the company of Christ, you know, study His Word. Speak to him, just like when we walk with someone that we're close to. Um, to walk carefully, you know, be cautious of how we walk. You know, be a be very weary of uh, entering into entering into sin, especially after coming to the knowledge of Christ. Of the <laughs> because there's always consequences for that. Um, to use or you know require the aid of something, you know it's okay to need help in our walk. You know that we we're always naturally going to need help walking, and uh, we have our great Lord Jesus Christ to lean on for our walk and His Word to lean on to help us as we walk. And uh, you know walk with a particular style. You know be <laughs> be wary. You know weary of how people perceive you. And I pray that. Um, I pray that anything I've said this morning uh, may be beneficial to someone. Um, I do thank you for your time. Do we have a number?